0: Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, <laughs> my nephew needs me
1: to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right. Hello, and welcome back to a Monday night edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. I am still the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and it is Monday, so that means the NFL is going to be what we're talking about on this very, very hot Monday night. Still, I've got my blueberry tea. Um, I'm ready to go. Uh, I'm locked in. Evan Swords is also here as he is every Monday night with how many claws, how many claws deep are you at the moment, Evan?
0: Well, uh, well, you know, honestly, I, I had a pretty aggressive weekend, so I wasn't planning, uh, on drinking by any means, but you know, our, our very, very special guest, I, I, I feel obligated to, uh, to honor her and to share, uh, share the moment by, by drinking one
1: claw. So I am
0: drinking one right now.
1: Which claw are you going with?
0: Uh, Cranberry Surge. So the eight percent higher alcohol, you know, it's like the it's like the four loco that like graduated college. Mm. Yeah.
1: There you go. Also here, Steffi Smalls. Steffi. I can't do it. I, I tried. I can't after the second time I can't do it. Steffi. Yeah. you
0: see what I'm saying? It was I was gonna happen no matter what. You tell him it, it just goes one ear, right out the other. <laughs> just yeah,
2: to be here. Also, a surge is like two claws, and you know that that is a gateway to more claws. Having one of those, so
0: that uh, dog agrees.
1: Yeah,
2: I know. What, what is she of... doing? Like, now we're gonna bark. We haven't barked all night.
1: <laughs> what kind of dog do you have, Stephanie?
2: I adopted her on the island, so she is a native Antiguan dog. NAD—that's what they call them. But she looks Wait, like a German. Wait, what mini do you mean German.
1: you adopted her on the island? Wait, what? What? <laughs>
2: I was going to medical school on the island and I was bored. <laughs> so I needed a friend. I you keep saying lonely.
1: the island. What does that mean?
2: <laughs> I lived in Antigua for a year. Okay. And then Corona, no, you need to leave.
1: So, so here
2: I am. Now I talk football.
1: Wait, so for people not like myself who very much know where that is, where is that for those listeners who do not know?
2: Uh, I would love to know where it is. Uh, it's in the caribbean okay this is what i normally
0: say it's in the west indies I just, I just don't understand the confusion chase doesn't everybody go to the, go to the caribbean in the west indies for uh you know for doctor school isn't Doctors. that a tale as old as time like oh uh, you know yes yes i'm going to be go 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 to school for a doctor in the islands like where they film the island of dr moreau
1: what is dr moreau
0: it's a really, really, really old movie. Really old movie.
1: Huh. Okay. Some, some, yeah. Well, the Caribbean would not work for me. The Caribbean is too, too hot. Too close to the equator. I burn. I was at the beach, day one in Jacksonville. Just toasted. I peeled. A week later, I'm out. I'm out in the sun. Um, going You're forward. One of
2: those. Wait. Say that again. <laughs> You're one of those.
1: What does that mean? Wait, what does that mean? <laughs> that can't be
2: sun. I went to college in Arizona. I'm like, how much sun can you get to me? In right.
1: And here, yeah, no, yeah. that's my girlfriend. My girlfriend's like that. She can just like go out and cut the grass, and then like an hour and a half later, it's just she's an entirely different skin tone. And then if I go out, like I'm wear- I'm the dude wearing long sleeves on runs. I'm the one wearing long sleeves and hats, and like I have embraced the the dad like full on like sun hat. I'm very pro sun hat now. So um big, I, I big
0: sun hat energy
1: big sun hat energy and you're i not. think i'm just gonna create some sort of uh fuck i don't know like a force field around the sun like i'm I'm out like i'm so angry at the sun for doing that to me this summer because i gave it another shot i was like you know i've got good skin got really good skin people always are wondering like how like you're 30 you i have a good skincare routine my skin's fair but you know what i take care of it and i go out And I get burned. I put on SPF 50, which is just the dorkiest SPF you can do. And I'm lathered up in it. Do it twice. Still get burned to a crisp. And I'm not even tanner. Like, my legs are tan, but that's about it. And it's just a waste of time. Like, what am I doing? I need to embrace the fact that I am a Casper-ass writer, podcaster. And that is who I am. I am a Casper-looking motherfucker who is very much british and his ancestry my real full name is henry charles thomas just own it like i'm going to look like prince charles in five years like let's just let's just own it stop that, lady, the sun.
0: That, that ladies and gentlemen is the chase thomas podcast
1: <laughs> it's got me fired up i never get to talk about this but i feel ridiculous and we have stephanie over here who just can go out in the sun is always tanny. the sun is her friend here's the difference the sun is your friend stephanie the sun is not my friend it's my arch enemy at this point
2: yeah, well, you have to loyalty is a big deal, okay? So me in the center, and you know, I don't know what beef you have with the sun, but I just explained you take the beef.
1: And- the beef has been explained, Stephanie. I just explained the entirety <laughs> of the beef. No, no, no.
0: You you gotta understand, you explain the beef, but the beef doesn't make sense. Like you you ex- well, yes, you explained you- it. It's not justified. Like, Why is it not justified?
1: Like- it burned my skin. It doesn't like it me. Where's sunscreen, bro? I it's was okay. on
0: SPF fifty. What am I gonna get, do? Get- Get a base level tan, get a little, get a little color. Next thing you know, you're vibing, right? You're getting, putting umbrellas in your drinks. Who knows? You, maybe you wear, uh, you know, like uh, a Maui, was it a Tommy Bahama button up shirt? You know, who knows? Let's get weird.
1: No, I'm not. And, I'm not going full Mac from like season 10 of Always Sunny in Philadelphia and just becoming a chimichanga. Like, that, it's not happening. Yeah, Fat Mac with the Tommy yeah. Bahama shirts. He's a
2: legend though.
1: Didn't that show just get uh picked up for another like four seasons? Like that show is just never gonna end.
0: Uh, Yeah. Okay. So Mm -hmm. let let us talk football before we ramble into the sun, as I know I can do at times. Do you feel good about Uh, that pun? That
2: was so corny. Can we just like take a moment to realize how Mm -hmm.
0: okay? Wait, what corn? What pun?
2: Like like, into the sun? You love that, didn't you?
1: I have no idea what's going on. Incredible. Incredible. Okay. Okay. But anyway, keep uh keep keep it moving, Evan. I you're I don't you're, deserve this. You're taking hey, I mean, when you want to take the driver's seat and push this podcast back on topic, you gotta be you gotta be ready for the pushback.
0: That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> I'll, take mm-hmm. I'll take it. I'll take I'll take that L.
1: Um well before before just to introduce people Stephanie so if they are not familiar with your work coming in people who are lifelong listeners of this podcast and they're not familiar what uh, what should people check out from you what uh, is your NFL expertise is it just fantasy football um, is there a way for somebody like me who would love nothing more than to never play fantasy football ever again because it ruins my Sunday experience um, mm-hmm. what would you say to them and how would you are, explain it <sighs>
2: So I also would love to never play fantasy football again because it breaks my heart every year. Mm-hmm. But, uh, all my stuff is with FTN. Uh, one thing that I guess since I don't know, you know, we all use these crazy words. I think are ridiculous cause everyone's an analyst really as a fan, but I do injury stuff. Um, I have an injury tracker on FTN that I'm pretty proud of a uh, very simple, easy to digest You know, have my shows over there. Everything that I do is, uh, you know, at FTN, at Steffi Smalls with three L's if I'm not already polluting your timeline. And if I'm not, I will eventually.
1: Mm. There you go. (laughs) Evan pollutes people's timelines every day.
0: Every day. You know, I have have a friend of mine who, like, doesn't use Twitter really. And she's like, oh, I want to follow your account. And I was like, no, God, no, you don't. Like you don't need that in your life. Like if if you're like a casual Twitter user, like and you follow me, I can imagine it's a nightmare. Uh, mm. But I do want to say, I do want to say to, to uh, all the listeners, what mm. what's what Steph didn't say is she's the goddamn queen of fantasy football mm. and one of the most entertaining Twitter Twitter followers uh, in existence. Um, definitely, definitely needs that shout out.
1: Thank I'm you, not Sarah. at all. Like I am not, my Twitter account is literally just for promotion and putting out my stuff. That is all it is. Like if I could just wipe it all away, like all social media, <laughs> like I cannot wait until this podcast is perpetually number two, um, shout out to blue wire as we move up and up the rankings, but, um, where I could just like have an intern who just handles all of my social media and does all the stuff that I'm doing, um, every night. That, that's gonna be great because you'll just i'll never be on it again like i have no phone around me how do you how do you guys work because this is curious like it's the off season we're gonna bounce around the nfl stuff so there, it might get off topic a little bit but um i am curious because i am a phone in the other room person all the time so people are always like where the fuck are you like what and i'll just be in the living room just writing or reading what i need to read watching tape taking notes like tonight the thing i'm writing about i have to watch and i'm watching taking notes my phone's in the room won't be in the room so i won't see anything for the rest of night um are y'all like that at all like that is all it always blows my mind to see how productive people are just tweeting all day long or they're keeping up with stuff or i just i have no idea how they do it evan when you're in the work day stephanie when you're in the work day do you have your phone on you throughout
0: i mean i don't even know why you would even ask me that like you know mm. you don't you don't know the answer i am i do know the answer fully fully addicted to my phone um and i think i mean at rare like my screen time is just like however many hours in the day that i'm not <laughs> not asleep like because even like right now as i'm talking to you you know the phone is still on and twitter's up and
1: don't you, you dare you, i thought you, you always put it in the other room and you were like i'm the one exception for the and Chase podcast. There.
0: Chase, all all this says is all this says is how how amazed you should be mm-hmm. um, that I'm able to be this engaging and this witty mm-hmm. while also just half paying attention. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, oh my god! I'm, <laughs> no, but I am, I am I am fully addicted to my cell phone, and mm. I wish I wasn't.
1: Stephanie, what about you?
2: So I'm addicted in a weird way, where like. <laughs> I don't check my text messages. I don't check my DMs. It's just too much for me. Love Twitter. Uh, You know, Matthew Berry uh, said it best. I don't have a single, you know, unspoken thought. And that's probably the way I have handled Twitter. I love Twitter. I don't care. You know, that was my saving grace during quarantine. Absolutely miserable. But I am learning to, like, try to push it away. Um, uh, sometimes because it can be a little too much, but yeah,
1: I'm totally. So you weren't pro quarantine.
2: To... Oh no, I was living on an island, and they were like, "Oh, you're gonna go home for a month, and then uh, just live with your parents, and then oh. you'll be back." My stuff is still there. I have to go back to go get my things in Antigua. Wait, month.
1: it's just there? Like all your stuff still there?
2: <laughs> all my stuff. I've literally tons of things I have to go pick up.
1: That's wild. And it's not just a place you go pick up. You don't drive a couple miles to go. Like, you have to go out of the country. Yeah. You got to go to the Caribbean to get all your stuff. That's crazy. That exhausts so, me just thinking about it.
2: I know. I'm going to go in the sun, though. Your, your least favorite friend there.
1: Yeah. Like, the who wants that? It's the double trouble. Moving plus the sun. I just. Who needs the sun?
2: Though. How cool is that? I just it yeah. up and I get vacation.
1: Vacation. No, vacation... Okay, here's the vacation. Asheville, North Carolina, the mountains. Like, I am so excited to just disappear to the mountains slash lake life. Like, I am ready to be a 65-year-old mountain dad. Like, grandpa, whatever. Like, just you, have... Let, my-
0: no, hold on. You are a 65-year-old <laughs> mountain dad. Like, that's already there. You, like, you're the only thing that we're missing is, like, the age. But you're mentally there right now.
1: Dude, my girlfriend is just like... You are the most old, boring person. Like, I it's unreal where i talk about my routine and i just sit there with my notes i take my walks with my hands behind my back as i think about the week um Uh, the tea the tea tea. i do tea every night i do my coffee i'm a coffee snob like i black coffee every morning i like my peanut butter toast with honey on it very very pro that
2: my twitter probably scares the crap out of you (laughs) you're like the exact person that probably hates
1: following me on Twitter no well here's the cool thing Stephanie as you have learned tonight I don't read anybody's tweets I'm not oh, up to perfect. it I don't see anything
2: That's thank you for the follow
1: yeah I mean we're... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I will say though the the most adorable things on earth is like chase who is genuinely one of the nicest person people I've ever met in my life will send me like tweets or like videos or like You know, the the, we'll talk about it. I'm sure tonight, but the Kyle Shanahan throwing a football thing, like hours after it happened, as if if I'm not constantly on my phone, (laughs) and it's like it's like he's not obviously trying to like show me something I haven't seen. He's just trying to share the moment with me, you know. And I think that's that's really nice. Uh,
1: God, I'm like who my parents are with me with you
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: or my mom will send me a story that she read in like the ajc like two and a half weeks after it was out and i'm like mom i, I read the paper every like what what why are you telling me this <laughs> what, what, what what is happening
0: but i hope you know i mean i genuinely love it like i i, <laughs> I, I would be so sad if, if that didn't exist
1: I get so excited, too, because I'll see it, and I'll just be like, oh, that made me think of Evan, and Evan saw it seven hours ago, because I'm not on my phone for seven hours at a time, and I I come across it, and then I said, well, now I know, okay, well, this naturally leads us, Evan and Stephanie, to the top Batman and Robin duos in the NFL per Bucky Brooks, Bucky Brooks is one of my favorite NFL analysts, and he, in the offseason, doing different things that I think are interesting, and... In this list, there are five, five guys, five combos, and they all are across like offense, defense, whatever. But like, I was thinking about this, and I, <laughs> Evan, there's not a not a forty nine er on here, but there is Tyreek Kill, Travis Kelsey. He has number one, number two, he has Chubb and Cream Hunt, number three, Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. Number four, Levante, De- David, and Devin White. And then five, Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd. Um, Aaron Donald is probably good enough by himself, but it was interesting to see they threw out Leonard <laughs> Floyd and not Jalen Ramsey, who might be the best cover corner in football still. So I don't really know why he went with Floyd over, over Donald just because of his sack numbers last year, which was double digits. But um, I'm more of a pressure person than a sack person. Uh, Evan, of that five, do you agree with the ranking, and are you surprised to see any duos not on this list?
0: Yeah, of course. And like, you know, I know that there's a lot of context, and 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 I am the the foremost authority on all things 49ers ho- homerism. But like, for for you know, obviously Bosa just tore his ACL. I get it. But if you're telling me that Nick or that Nick Bosa and Fred Warner yep. don't don't deserve to be on this list, if you're telling me that George Kittle and i don't know debo maybe brandon Ayuk. you know like i'm sure next year this list will probably have a lot of people on there as Ayuk kind of uh, moves forward in his career and nick bosa comes back from injury and you know obviously Trey lance might be there but I, I i i would say the rams one it's like if you're gonna do a batman and robin duo don't just fucking force feed us the rams because you like you know because aaron mcdonald's is the best right you know the best player in, in the world. Like, yeah, he is, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Batman and Robin duos, and they are not that.
1: No. Stephanie, what do you think?
2: Um, I think this list is weird, <laughs> to be completely honest. <laughs> like I that's like I know it's like such a crappy analysis, but that's like the only thing the only word that's coming to my mind is this is like a totally weird uh list. I think you said Chubbin Hunt, correct? Yes. Was that on there? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is probably my favorite out of these, uh, you know, off of that list. You know, Kevin Stefanski has done a phenomenal job with the Browns. Very run-dominant offense. I think the two of them are phenomenal. Their wide receiver room, you know, a little bit older. You get OBJ back, see what happens. But I think... Baker's, uh, you know, Binky over there, pacifier over there is, you know, Chubb and Hunt and that run game. So I think I, I think I'm going to go with Chubb and Hunt. They're probably my favorite running back duo in this entire league.
1: Interesting. We were talking on the podcast last week whether or not because there is a lot of hype around them getting to a thousand yards a piece, and that's almost impossible. But with the 17 game season, extra game to get there, the it will come down really to how often the Browns are up. And if they're up a lot and they're trying to uh, sit on leads in the third and fourth quarter with this combination, they have a real chance of being a 1,000-yard-a-piece a guy. And it also is just such a such a big thing for them to be able to do that if Baker and Stefanski in this group is able to put up 27-10 to 10 leads going into the fourth to have these two as just like the icing on the cake to put games out of reach. It's just uh, got to be demoralizing for teams to know that that's just sitting there and these two fresh running backs going into the fourth quarter, um are just there to to wreck you. I I'm surprised that Julio Jones and AJ Brown did not make this list. I think that mm-hmm. like these two are going to be outrageous. Like I it hurts me to my core to say this, but like Julio and AJ Brown is just gonna be unfair. Like you could do Derek Green and AJ Brown and I would or Derek Henry, excuse me, and AJ Brown. I would still not really complain all that much uh, much. I just I don't know. This is just a weird list. Like you all said it's like, I don't think Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald in here, like Nick Bosa and Fred Warner, I think absolutely are on there. Bradley Chubb and Von Miller are probably going to get in that conversation. Um, I don't know. There's just a lot, I thought a lot better. I mean, also
0: too, I would rather, how are we not talking about Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and I fucking hate the Seahawks. Mm. Like, like, how are you going to put Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb over those two?
2: Because the Browns are going to be good, I think they're going to have that opportunity.
0: Okay, listen, I didn't know when this Their was going to.
2: Is sexy as hell.
0: I, wait, what? I didn't. I didn't know when we were going to get there, and I didn't even know if it was going to be this episode. But I, I don't know if it's just instinct or what. But I am absolutely not there with the Browns yet. I saw someone the other day say they had like the second or third best roster in the NFL. Mm. You know, everyone's talking about playoffs and this, and they're talking about like baker as if he's fully arrived and i i just like i'm gonna need them to win the super bowl before i will think that they're not gonna they're not the browns like i don't i just don't understand how like people are already like just oh yeah let's let's just assume they're gonna be great this year it's like you you date a crazy uh you know significant other for six years and they have like insecurity issues or jealousy issues and you're like nah this time they're gonna change like are we really just going to ex- we're just going to accept this discussion as the Browns as if they're some like Super Bowl contender?
1: Yes, they're a Super Bowl contender. I think they're the co favorites coming out of the AFC right now. Uh,
0: enjoy that. I can't wait to talk to you about it at the end <laughs> of the season when they don't even get fucking the first first place in their own division.
1: I mean, that's a there's just so much pressure on Baker. Like, there is so much pressure on year two of Stefan's Game Baker and, like, what they're going to be. Because, they're like, this roster is built to win now. Like, that's part of the reason I'm all in is that OBJ and Jarvis Landry are gone after the year, most likely. And there's just going to be a lot of change. They have to pay a lot of different people. And Clowney's probably on a one-year thing. And, I don't know, if you look at this roster and the way it's set up, there are so many... Reasons to bet on them this year, and maybe not in the next couple years, but this year just feels like a we're putting all of our chips in, and we're gonna see what happens with this high end talent group. Like if certain things go the right way, OBJ, Clowney, Ward, um, just Chubb and Hunt staying on the field. Like there's just so many reasons to believe in this group, and if Baker is like a top ten quarterback, like I just I don't I don't know. He's more of a top fifteen for me. Like I, I just. I think there is a possibility. Like he's in the Tannehill cousins, I, Dak Prescott. Like he's somewhere in that in that group.
0: They, they, he doesn't have to be. Like he doesn't have. That's the one thing I'll say. As long as he doesn't throw interceptions, like he didn't get, you know towards the end of last year. Like he doesn't have to be. You have that running game. You have a good defense. You know, as many teams have shown over the years, you can you can win that way. It's it's a tough division though.
1: It's an extremely tough division, and I am I'm very very excited to see how this division plays out. How do you what are your power rankings right now for the AFC North 70?
2: Oh god, I don't know. I think the Browns have it there. You know, I still I want to love Lamar. That's my you know, I struggle with Lamar. I want to love him. I just don't love him. And I don't know that, you know, bringing in Bateman, whatever is going on, I don't know that that's going to push it over. I almost prefer what the situation is with Burrow as much as everyone wants to hate on them not taking, you know, Lime in there. I also think you bring on Jamar Chase, you don't necessarily need as much time in the pocket if you have Jamar Chase. And they didn't do nothing. I don't know why everyone keeps saying that they brought on someone in free agency, I keep forgetting his name i was just on a pod i think it's riley something i don't know why i can't yes uh thank you i knew it was riley they tried to say it was crazy i'm not crazy (laughs) um but his film he is a very capable alignment very great fantastic they drafted someone i think those that combination with bringing on chase will be enough for them to be very competitive so and the Steelers is the other thing. But I'm out on the Steelers. So, mm. let's go Browns, uh, Ravens, Didn't see and Steelers. I'm out on them. I can't get behind it.
1: I I agree with you. I have one... Like, I go back and forth. So I'm like 1A, Browns, yeah. 1B, Ravens. I think there's just a clear hierarchy between those two and the rest of them. But Sorry. I think the
2: gap... People don't realize that. Like. Yeah.
1: It gets a lot of
2: hate, but these are four very good teams. Like, not kind of good teams. They're very good teams.
1: Yes. Um, But they all have, like, the bottom two have their flaws. And I think it's just going to be interesting to see what Burrow looks like coming off his devastating knee injury, Uh, getting a healthy Jonah Williams back at the left side of the line I think will be huge for them. I think he's going to be really good at the left tackle spot for them. But, um, yeah, and Jesse Bates. And their secondary I think is really good. I really like the Bengals secondary. Don't really love the pass rush and the linebacking situation, but I do I do like their secondary. Um, you know what I don't like, Evan Swords? The Houston Texans future. I think it's bad. I think this is going to be really bad. There's a really good piece today on NFL.com outlining uh, what uh, the current state of the Texans is right now. David Culley walking into just a really awful situation. Nick Casario, Jack Easterby. Forming Patriots West. Um, I I don't know. David Mills is, might start uh, the rookie out of Stanford. J.C. kid. he uh, He's a former five-star. He was the number one quarterback in his class coming out of high school. But um, didn't really work at Stanford all that well. But I look at this roster, and it is so bad. Like, I just I, – I keep trying to, like, talk myself out of a way of it being the Texans is the worst team in the AFC, and – the Lions being the worst team in the NFC and I just I can't I can't find an avenue where they're not. No way. Um Evan, when you look at this roster, you look at the question marks, you look at the situation in front of them, you look at the offensive line and where they've invested on that front. It what is the reason for optimism at all in Houston and like what, what do you think for- like of it? <laughs>
0: There, there. No, there's no optimism. There is no happiness. There is no, there's no silver lining. There's nothing. The Houston Texans are karma personified at this point. We've been talking for years, going back to forever. What would you do if you took? Remember, like, be like if you took Peyton Manning away from the Colts, that team would be a two-win team. Or if you took Russell Wilson away from the Seahawks, that team would be a you know two-win team. Well, we're literally watching that right now in real time. Like, if you take Deshaun Watson, uh, who is not going to be playing football this year, and to be honest with you, I don't know if he ever is going to be again. We'll see. Uh, But, yeah, you take away the one redeeming quality that that terrible, horribly run organization had, and you're going to see that they're the worst team in football. Like, you know, I I just – I am just glad uh, that my – my Oregon boy, Thibodeau, uh, is a defensive end. And, he, and you know, the, the Texans will probably be taking a quarterback next year, so they won't draft him at number one overall. They'll probably take whatever the quarterback is. Um, but there is nothing redeeming on that team. That team is just just sad. I mean, just like, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed levels of sad.
1: Stephanie, would you encourage fantasy owners, fantasy drafters this fall, fantasy players, I guess, is the right way of describing them would you encourage them to take a big swing on mark ingram in this backfield this year
2: oh hell no no um definitely not i think that if you are going to do anything you know with the texans i would rather take a dart throw with you know tyra taylor or mills or go nico collins and hope for the best because uh, that's you're going to have to pray and wish and hope for quite literally the best because I don't know what you're getting out of the Texans.
1: So who is the best Texan fantasy option? If you had to guess right now, who scores the most points for the Texans player-wise? Who is it?
2: (laughs) I mean, that's a low floor, huh? Yeah. Uh, It's got to be probably – it's going to be between one of the quarterbacks and uh, Nico Collins. I think we're really going to end up seeing Nico Collins. I think he's going to do – very well fantasy wise over there. I think that he is, his career is now doomed. Uh, he's been given, you know, nail in the coffin at this point, even before the, the, his time starts. But, um, I've been taking Tyra Taylor, at, you know, and, uh, Mills, at, you know, they're free in most leagues. So one of those quarterbacks is going to be the guy You can get both of them off waivers in most leagues. So, uh, between the three of them. That's that's the route I'm going addressing the Texans who are a complete nightmare.
0: Kime Fa- Kime Fairburn, Fairburn, their kicker. That's gonna be their highest score. <laughs> That'll be the the only player I want anywhere near my roster, and even then that's a no. that,
2: that's actually a fantastic point, and I didn't even think about myself.
1: Yeah. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Um, it's just gonna be bad. But the one thing that helps the Texans and helps David Coley, who just seems like the nicest guy and betting on 60 plus year old coaches is actually a good thing. Like the last, what was it? I think I, it was mentioned in this piece of like the success of 60 plus year, uh, year old quarterback or coaches, Bruce Arians, Andy Reid, and Bill Belichick all over the age of 60 at the time of their respective Super Bowl victories. The last three coaches to win a Super Bowl are over and, the age of 60. And Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's six, only 65, old coaches win.
0: Yeah, but they also, you just named three of like some of the most like, you know, historic like levels of like success as a coach in history. And then this guy that I literally to this day have no idea who he is or where he came from. <laughs> like, you said his name's David Coley
1: mm-hmm. from Baltimore. Yeah,
0: like, yeah, like to me, that's not even a real person. <laughs> you just made that up.
1: To be fair, like your offensive coordinator right now, is it running back's coach or your offensive coordinator who looks like a non-coach and the most non-coach-looking person I've ever seen?
0: First off, so not only does he not look uh, (laughs) like a, uh, what's it called, Oh, Mike McDaniel is his name. Not only does he not look like the head coach, but I'm telling you, Mike McDaniel, and I've said this before, and I actually had to like pull it back and delete it because apparently he like he struggled with addiction like at earlier in his life. Oh, no. But like Mike McDaniel literally looks like that dude in like high school or college that just smoked a shit ton of weed and only listened to like, you know, like Tech Nine and atmosphere. And like you would see him like out at parties, he'd be like out in the back. at the the backyard like freestyling when no one wanted him to like he (laughs) like I like I I I have I know so many Mike McDaniels throughout my life and he does he looks nothing like like nothing like Stephanie uh, Dino we're talking about have you seen uh, this man?
2: Honestly, you lost me there at knowing so many uh, McDaniel's in your life. You have uh, to look up Mike that McDaniel. Is crazy! I don't know a single McDaniels.
0: Steph, I'm sending you his photo right now, and like, I mean, legitimately, like this guy looks like he, like he just goes home at night and plays Call of Duty for like 12 hours. Like he,
1: he has my body as an NFL coach. It's insane. I never thought I would see an NFL coach who had my body.
2: You guys are kidding. This is like a joke for the pod.
1: No, that's a that's the no. real offensive coordinator right now for the San Francisco Forty ers He was
0: he was the run game run run game coordinator. is followed Kyle I, for I a while.
2: Team, but for some reason, I didn't like. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. And this face is like Loki in a mood. Like I don't know <laughs> what this. is. I'm gonna use this on Twitter. That's for sure. Like that
0: face. That face is the face that you make when you like crush up like some. I uh, like you know like some paper or like a you know a piece of paper or something and you throw it into the trash can and like it hits like that's the face you make or like yeah
2: and when you <laughs> don't yell kobe right like it's right. like that
1: <laughs> mm. do you yell kobe every time you do it of course of course interesting i i don't do it i don't i've never i i'm not a big paper thrower person i mean we don't I you imagine
2: know. the 50 spf and not liking the sun and
1: yeah. I feel attacked. I feel attacked <laughs> on my own podcast. I, I I don't know what I did to deserve this. That's what I get for being honest and forthcoming on this podcast. Yeah. I thought this was a safe space for me. Um,
2: very safe.
1: <laughs> you know what else is safe? Inside. Inside safe. Inside <laughs> is safe, and it's great. Love inside. Big shout inside out to guy.
0: shout out to Bo Burnham.
2: <laughs> <laughs> awesome
1: special, by the way. Go check that out. It's. If dad
2: my dad my brother just showed me uh Bo Burnham this weekend.
1: Very, <laughs> very, very funny man. Very he's, funny man. But he's also multi-talented. Like he was incredible in um, what is it? Promising Young Woman, I think is the movie that came out earlier this year. He's in that, plays a serious role. It's pretty great. He's pretty versatile. Um also Bill Burr like King of a lot of these comedians. Pretty versatile these days. Uh which naturally leads us to the Washington football team. Um did y'all like a few weeks back when maybe it was just last week. I don't know. The news cycle blends together when Daniel Snyder quietly made his wife, like the new president. OCO. Yeah. And like, that was like a weird thing when you're reading PFT and reading stuff about it, where they're like, this is how they're going to try and wiggle out of the horrible stuff that came out um before. Like that. I don't even know how long ago it was now. It feels like forever ago. And they restructured everything. They cleaned house Um, got rid of the name, got, like, everything is different. Like, they are cleaning house all together post-Bruce Allen and Daniel Snyder, then bought up all the, all the, just uh, the rest of the team. Like, he just bought out all the minority owners, and it's just now his team. And now his wife is the front and center of this franchise, and he's stepping aside. And they got fined $10 million um, after the NFL did their probe, found a very toxic culture. Um, It looks like, hopefully... Things are inching more in the right direction. They've made some good hires since all of that. But um, Stephanie, what do you make of the fine, the change with Daniel Snyder's wife? Like, is this about what you expected? Is this enough? What do, what do you think?
2: What is Washington doing? <laughs> like, um, That's like my biggest question. And I've had that question even since the draft. I feel like you built uh, such a beautiful beautiful roster you know and then you go ahead and you're like forget trading up let's take old ass fits 38 years old hasn't started a full season of games since 2015 um let's just bring him in let's uh screw ourselves out of a fantastic draft position to get a younger guy and now we're just going to be totally uh chaotic in in the front office I don't know what's going on over there uh I think they're setting themselves up for an interesting situation uh for years to come which is a shame because I was rooting for them even as uh, a opposite <laughs> NFC East team. I like what they're, they were doing over there. But since the offseason has started, I'm not a fan. Mm.
0: I was so sad. Like when Alex Smith signed with them, I was so sad because I'm just like, you know, the terrible franchise. You know, Dan Snyder's obviously just a genuinely horrible person. You know, Ruben Foster went over there. So I was like, God, ah, this sucks. Like I love Alex. But I'm so glad now that he's retired, I can go back to just actively rooting against anything good happening to the Washington football team. I feel like I'm v- sounding very negative tonight, but like the Redskins and the Texans are, I mean, I feel like it's pretty, pretty justified. I mean, those are pretty terrible teams. Um, but like, if you look at their, like they're like tracker for this off season,
2: yeah.
0: a bunch of people left the signings from other teams are like <laughs> Fitz magic. Curtis Samuel's kind of exciting. William Jackson the Third is kind of exciting. I was going to say, it's interesting that you're exciting. like because,
1: like, on the field, like, I would still probably peg their Washington football team as the favorites in the NFC East. I still – I would probably – like, I love what they did in at my receiver the, with Curtis Samuel. In the NFC yeah. East? Yeah, in the NFC Who's East. Who's the quarterback? Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's good enough to win 10 games.
0: Hey, Steph, That defense listen, is legit. Listen,
1: You want to you wanna light his
0: ass up right now? You <laughs> go ahead. The floor is yours. You know
2: what happens? You know what happens? 10 games – then you end up only facing NFC East in the wor- partly the worst of your schedule. And then they end up not getting in. And no one in the NFC East has repeated winning that division since 2004. The That's Eagles good, did it twice. Yeah. They're not, not winning.
1: This so is who do like, you have? The Cowboys? Do you follow her? Do you not know Twitter, anything about, you
2: about her? SPF.
1: No, I still have to wonder, like, what, like, I don't understand, like, objectively speaking, do you have the Cowboys as the favorite? Steph,
0: Steph, I, Steph, I want, I want a full, full-blown, like, you're, like, the floor is yours,
1: sell us the New York Giants.
2: Mm. No, I don't need to sell them, I feel like, can we all agree that the Eagles are in the worst
1: position? Yes. Do
2: we have... 100 Yes,
1: the Eagles are going to finish last in the NFC.
0: No, I, let me put it this way, though, I want, to, I want to say, I do think it'll be the Giants.
1: What? Why? Daniel Jones? Joe Judge? Go ahead, Steph. Is Andrew Thomas going to be good this year? Andrew, Are we going to see good Giants, Andrew Thomas? It'll, it'll, so it'll be the Giants the Is Cowboys. John Ross playing football this year? Is he getting in there? Is Saquon Barkley going to finish the season?
2: Chase is naming like the most irrelevant going-to-bust guys. Are we like
1: going with Aziz Ojolari uh, on the outside? With a bad name. No, I
2: think that, like speaking as a very uh, level headed fan that Uh my Twitter may not display, Uh is last year I thought they'd win five games. We won six. Uh, This year I think that winning eight or nine games is a fantastic triumph for this team. I think there's no reason why they can't. I think that this division is very much, it could be the Cowboys, it could be the Giants, or it could be Washington. Uh, you know, history has proven for years and years and years that if it doesn't happen. You're going to bring in Old Man Fitz, who hasn't started that many games. Uh, I think that this division is going to be end up between you know the Cowboys and the Giants.
1: Oh wow! Uh, I don't.
2: I, I really, truly believe it's going to be that, and uh, whatever team ends up making it, I think both teams could make a decent playoff run. Except, Decent. you know, the Cowboys don't have – they don't have that defense is the problem.
1: Yeah, the Cowboys the Cow- defense is awful. Cowboys are
0: going to be exciting on offense, but that was as as it always is every year, their, their defense is going to be getting the absolute shit kicked out of them. Uh, and if the Cowboys can score quickly, which I think they might actually do, it might be even more detrimental for them. Because if CeeDee Lamb is yakking off 70-yard touchdowns, you know, or getting 100 – you know, just lighting up the, the world – their defense is gonna be on the field all the time and they can't handle that. If their defense was better, I would genuinely be like, Oh obviously the Cowboys will win the division. Oh, got- sure. But they but
2: don't get hurt on defense on the Cow they have no depth there. That's the problem. Like Absolutely. there is no defensive depth on that roster. So if one guy, imagine two guys goes down, I mean the Cowboys are gonna be looking at trouble. They're a fantastic fantasy team and they have a very bright future. I think they're headed in the right direction, but that defense will be their Achilles heel. You know, there's teams that have great offenses, but just like the Falcons, look at them.
0: Whoa, 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 uh, whoa. We don't have to do this. And we don't also, have to bring them. <laughs> and also before we get over we, we we end on this, I would just like to know to say Dante motherfucking Pettis, the Hmm. secret weapon on the New York Giants. Is he on the Giants? Yes, first off, watch your mouth. We're (laughs) going to work.
2: Just like I saw him when I was in college. That's where I saw him play. It was awesome. He was a freshman when I was a senior. He was fantastic. And if anyone can fix him, it's Joe Judge. But they have obviously added weapons, and I think that there's no reason this team can't win eight games.
1: I'm so fascinated yeah. by the dynamic between Garrett and uh, Kitchens because clearly they're not on the same page and they both just want the O.C. job. Well, Kitchens is going
2: to take his job when Garrett gets fired. After
1: he but see, it. Garrett won't get fired. They'll fire Judge and then, like, promote Garrett no. to interim O.C. No. or head coach, and then Kitchens gets O.C. Like, I am still waiting oh, no. for Garrett to be the head coach. Like, I would probably – What are the odds that Garrett is coaching the oh, Giants no. in Week 11?
2: Hmm. Yeah. No. That's crazy. So Mara hired Colombo and Garrett. Mm-hmm. Garrett is on his last, this is like thin ice. They hire, I've never seen a team in every single year was like, I mean, we don't all start watching football at one year, so we'll say 20 years I've been watching. But I've never seen a team hire so many babysitters for one coach. Uh, that dude is gone if he messes up, for real. Garrett will be out the door the same way I called the Columbo firing and I feel very strongly that Garrett is on a very uh, loose, very, I'm blocked by Columbo. Are you like, really? that's how much I knew that, that was happening.
0: <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Evan, it's who's your biggest celeb coach offense. block? Who's my favorite celeb coach block? I don't think I have any, I don't think any oh, coaches.
2: Oh, Lewis Riddick is my favorite block.
0: Wait, he blocked oh. you?
2: Oh, yeah.
0: What did you oh, do okay. to Lewis. Future GM Lewis Riddick. Lewis will um, never be a GM in for the rest of his
2: life. That's why he was very upset and then he called a very bad you know, he should have been the announcer of the Giants Tampa game and he didn't do very well
1: Are they doing way. the exact same group this year on Monday football? Are we running it back with Lewis Greasy? Oh, worse. And... Okay. <laughs> why like Philip Rivers was the guy. Like Philip Coaching high school football has just been a major blow. And then Drew Brees taking the second job and doing Notre Dame games, it's all really weird. I wish Brees, I don't know, is Alex Smith good? Can we throw Alex Smith in there? Is Chuck Pagano good? He's great. Yeah. I think we got to get
2: Fitz out there. Let's get him out of Washington. I mean, Fitz has it. got a
1: division to win with the Alabama defensive line. He's not got...
2: going to. The dude can't finish. He can't finish uh, that many games. There's no way. They want him to play 17. The dude hasn't finished 16 since, like, literally 2015.
1: Yeah, then you throw in Taylor Hineke. He goes diving, uh, puts right. his body Just on the, the line.
2: the same way that everyone is optimistic about Jalen Hurts because we saw literally 12 seconds and now we're all in.
1: Wait, hold on. Wait, are Jalen Jalen you telling Hurts me stuff that you.
0: You don't think that Jalen, Jalen Hurts is going to be su- successful, stuff
2: um, I, You want know, to know what my conspiracy theory is? I'll tell you.
0: Absolutely. I'm just winding well, you up right now. I already know where your head's at okay. on here. If
2: Washington was smart. Um, when the Eagles get all fed up and do Flacco, whatever they want to do, um, if Washington will try to trade for Hurts because I think that that's going to be the best value that they have at the end of the season. He will do very well there. It's a nightmare for me. But I think the Eagles are going to try to move on. They get frustrated too easily. That front office sucks. Um, you know, the weapons are there, and I think they'll have an okay season, but they're not going to do well this season.
1: It's amazing that front office sucks. They won a Super Bowl and put together a Super Bowl team. What was it, three it, years ago now?
2: Shout out to my alma mater.
1: <laughs> I, they literally, like, they
0: had one of the most – I don't even know how do I want to word this, but like, there's no reason why the Philadelphia Eagles should have won that Super Bowl. There's no reason that that season, like no team in the history of the NFL other than them loses your starting, starting quarterback right before the playoffs and ends up winning the Super Bowl. Like, like the fact that it happened is an affront to God. It
1: ruined Carson Wentz's life. It really did. Did you read the stuff with like the ESPN piece with him and Frank Reich? Like that ruined his life, man. Like that just no. ruined his life.
2: I mean, imagine, and the thing is, like, everyone hangs on to it, especially in fantasy, which I love that I haven't had to talk about it tonight because it gets exhausting, but, like, everyone hangs on. They're like, he was going to be the MVP in 2017. Like, cool. He fucking wasn't, though. Like I don't, Wait, who do you no, think was going to be it he... that
1: year? You don't think it was going to be Wentz?
2: I, it doesn't matter. It wasn't, right? And he let another man walk into <laughs> walk in there and win the Super Bowl. He didn't
1: let anybody get <laughs> like, hurt.
2: I don't think, I don't think they would have won with one. I think it's the momentum. Yeah. I believe that very strongly too.
1: Wow. I mean, we'll never know. We'll never know. But I do think he was on an MVP trajectory. And I also think it really messed with him. Can you imagine just being on that, like the city was never going to love him the same way. Like Foles was getting a statue. Foles was going to be the guy forever. They love forever. Like he got a book out of it. Like, there's, there's no way Wentz is coming out of that. Like, there's – I just felt horrible for that a, dude.
2: He damn uh, statue of the guy. Yeah,
1: like, it was over. He should have asked out of that. But, like, can you imagine watching the Super Bowl and watching the Philly special happening when you're on the sideline? Like, I just – it's got to be so but, like, weird for I a competitor.
2: I and I have a, a Seinfeld's Eagles jersey, and I don't care.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. Because what? Ship it over. I'll use it.
2: All together, though, is the thing. So it's like, it was so awesome to watch. That's where the three L's in Steffi Smalls comes from. There's two from the Giants, one from uh, Nick Foles, and that's where Brady's losses are.
1: See, that's what it is. It's not that you don't believe in Carson Wentz. It's just you're a, you're a pretty big oh, I just, Nick Foles oh, person. I think
2: he's, he's done with excuses. I've had enough with
1: Well, him. also Nick Foles ruined one of my many ruined sundays this past fall when he went in the game in the second half when the bears finally bitched a uh, benched uh mitch trubisky and i looked at my buddies and i was like the game's over and they're like what are you talking about you're up and i'm like nope seen this story before they're pulling they're trubisky
2: literally only play he can he should only play in the fourth quarter though that's what people don't realize he's a fourth quarter quarterback
1: yeah, uh, he's, or a, sling- he's he a gunslinger. The Falcons weren't ready. Like they game plan for Trubisky, yeah. they shut down Trubisky, and they put in falls. And he's just a completely different guy. And he-, he didn't care. Like he was just throwing all over the place, finding Anthony Miller, finding whoever. Just it was it was awful. I hated every minute of it. And that was even the worst Falcons loss last year. It was the second worst. Number one will be the Cowboys, and I will. It will take me a long time to get over the Cowboys Falcons game. That's gonna it's gonna take me take me a long time. um PFF top fifty list. Evan, who stands out to to you most from this list? <coughs> Well, I mean, you know, mm. Mm.
0: <laughs> Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, mm. um, obviously. Isn't it weird
1: that it's both like y'all's highlights are on defense? Like, well, Kyle you Shanahan also have group.
0: Mm-hmm. you also have Trent Williams, yeah, you know, at, at twenty four as well. Um, that said, I think it's ridiculous to put um, Travis Kelsey at three. Mm. Like, like one Kittle. Other than the injuries, you know, to me Kittle and. Kelsey are like very similar and Kittle's a better blocker. Like it's not even close. So, I mean, I got, you know, I get the injuries. The injuries is all you're going to people are going to be less involved. But like, if I want a total, you know, this is PFF, right. They mm. rate these players. I'm taking Kittle every time. If we're assuming that they're going to be both healthy. Um, so, and also I think a tight end at three is just ridiculous. Anyways, like you're telling me you're going to rate Quentin Nelson below Travis Kelty. Like, I don't know.
1: Well, see, I think Kelsey has more value than Nelson. Like, they point out that Nelson being a guard is just so much less value than being a tackle, but he's also so dominant where it's like he gave up. Like, the stat's just bonkers, that he's only given up three sacks in his three NFL seasons. It's just fucking Yeah, I mean, bonkers. to me,
0: to me, Quentin Nelson is 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 a less sexy Aaron Donald, mm. right? Like, you don't normally see people be that exciting at the defensive tackle position, right? It's usually more so at the edge. Um, but – you know, Aaron Donald is just that dominant. I think it's the same thing. Like, you don't think about guards that much, but Quentin Nelson is just incredible. The same thing could be said about, you know, Khalil Mack. I'm taking Khalil Mack over Travis Kelsey every day of the week.
1: Mm. I thought it was interesting that they have in their top three for quarterbacks. Um, they go Mahomes, Brady, uh, Rodgers. I thought that was pretty interesting. Is that the top three you would go in terms of value? In I mean, I don't once, –
0: once again, like Tom Brady is great and, you know, he is undoubtedly the best – I think one of the best athletes of all time. And I think it's – I've said it a, a million times. What he – his Super Bowl record and the amount of Super Bowls he had been to and the, that he's won, it will never be repeated ever again. No one will ever do that, ever. I'll bet my life on it for as long as football exists. That will never happen again. That said, like, eh, you're not taking him – over Wilson you're not taking him you know over uh Josh Allen right like you're just you're not so it's it's a it's a fun thing to say because he's Tom Brady and he's like you know just Tom fucking Brady but
1: yeah I just I don't know how you don't have Wilson in that top three I think he has to be somewhere me
2: neither thank you holy crap I've been talking about it all day it's driving me crazy
1: Why what do you is mean Wilson not in there what what do you think Stephanie
2: I don't think Wilson should be in
1: there oh no I think he should I think he is absolutely a tough yeah. dude. that dude is an absolute he's the most annoying per- personality I think in the NFL for me can't stand it but in terms of on the field production the man just the the defense has fallen apart The Legion of Boom has been dead for years and that man still finds his way into the playoffs every single year
2: it's funny because I think I hate him because I don't want to see Pete like chew his gum like an animal anymore like I think I've <laughs> Enough, you know like i think it, that has uh pushed me away from russ i can't do it like i want him to go to another team please so i can enjoy you play football
1: mm. i mean evan would you be sad to see the end of russell wilson in your division did you want to see him move this offseason <laughs> of course i did what are You talking about? <laughs> i've been
0: course. watching that man terrorize the 49ers for a fucking decade like absolutely like you guys don't understand i mean maybe you you have a like you know a, kind of an idea but the seahawks fans are the worst human beings on, like, on <laughs> earth they're the most miserable bastards i've ever come across ever and I mean, when you give them about him
2: though like they would start to be in trouble.
1: they would immediately fall well, the cliff like this would be one of the worst oh, teams in football immediately if they were to trade As i
0: was saying earlier this is saying earlier you got rid of wilson the team's done um, but like that like th- the seahawks fans are just the, some of the worst human beings on earth and th- Russell Wilson gives them the the energy and the confidence because it's just like he, he as long as he's in the game, there's a chance that he'll win. Mm. And so many times, you know, he comes in and last second or whatever, you know, just wills his way to a win and allows these Seahawks fans to be the most miserable human beings on earth. And I hate him, but he is undoubtedly just unbelievably good and he's just one of the most amazing quarterbacks we've seen over the last 20 years
1: and also just We're like i i'm always one two with like quarterbacks who it doesn't matter behind like what kind of offensive line or receivers he has around him like mahomes and um and russell like it doesn't matter like they can be behind bad offensive lines every year like tra or uh mahomes is going to have an entirely different offensive line an entirely different front five um it doesn't matter like Russell Wilson has never had a good offensive line. He hasn't even had great receiver play until DK Metcalf came in. And Tyler yeah. Lockett's in and out, but, like, no running game. They keep taking running backs, and they get hurt. Chris Carson, I whoever. Like, the latest one, who's the Arizona State dude? Or not Arizona State, like, no, San Diego State, Rashad Penny? Like, it's done nothing. Like, they give him nothing. And it just, well, he doesn't matter.
0: But that's the thing, though. And that's, the like, listen, DK Metcalf is incredible, and Doug Baldwin is incredible. But, like, I, miss Doug I Baldwin. J- I genuinely, me- me- like, I know this in my heart. If Doug Baldwin would have gone to another team, he wouldn't have had the same career or anything close to it. If DK Metcalf goes to, a- gets drafted to another team, guaranteed he has a lot more of issues. That a lot of people were talking about pre-draft and the reason why he didn't get taken until a little bit later. If he goes to another team, Russell Wilson is like a fucking just magic eraser for all the bad things that can happen to a wide receiver. Literally, just. He he is the best quarterback for mediocre receivers. He he elevates their game more than any other. He runs quarterback.
1: around. He gives them time to get open. If they're not getting separation, he just runs around, dances around, and you can eventually find your find your spot. Like I, it's just he is so much fun to watch. Like Russell Wilson is my favorite quarterback to watch outside of Mahomes too. Like I think it's yeah.
2: Just... But the worst part is I don't like watching the Seahawks. Mm. Like. I like him. Do you enjoy
1: watching Joe Judge and Jason Garrett and Daniel Jones? Do you enjoy your Daniel Jones Sundays?
2: Of course not. But I also don't enjoy the fact that secondaries are figuring out Metcalf, and he's able to get shut down. You know, every other week by a certain. Uh, secondary, whoever decides that they're going to do it, whether it's the Rams or Washington or Arizona or the Giants, this dude gets shut out every other week. And then it just gets boring to watch their games. Low key. Love uh, this. I, I love Russ, but I wish he had, I wish they get, I wish he had more is all. Like, I would love to see him go. I, I was praying to God he would go somewhere else so we could at least see him play. And you're right. As far as the O-line goes, he really – he's, like, one of the most pressured quarterbacks as far as, uh, you know, the O-line goes. They don't help him at all. So what he's able to do is fantastic. It's not surprising the, the success they've had but also the failures they've had.
1: Yeah. Love that energy. There you go. I also just think that there are people that are like, "Oh, I would rather have Josh Allen than Russell Wilson." I'm like, "You're out of your mind. You're you're out of your mind." Um, no. I will entertain I feel, an air- Yeah, go they ahead.
2: Also, play like, Dynasty. They're like all in on the dual threat. That's what they want. Like super dual threat. They see one one year of uh, Josh Allen do fantastic, and they're out on the the old
1: guy. Are you <laughs> up on like how people are drafting right now? Early on, like uh, it's July 6th. Have you seen or like which quarterbacks or which guys are going the earliest in most drafts?
2: Yeah. It's so funny to watch because so I started doing like dynasty startups probably when the season ended. Mm-hmm. Um and now redraft has just started. And it's interesting to see how people uh take guys. Aaron Rodgers is definitely someone that is falling, I think for obvious reasons. He wasn't doing that though when the season ended because we were all still high on it, right? So now he is starting to fall, and I think you are taking a little bit of a dart throw there. You don't know exactly what's going to happen with him. Um, But it's is—it's very interesting. Like Guys like Tannehill are starting. He was like my cheat code in fantasy uh, for the past two years, and now he's going much higher than I've ever seen him go. Um, I did get him in this redraft league, my first one like a week ago, but do you believe uh, in my
1: strategy of always going running back, running back first two picks all the time, no matter what, just take the two best running backs that are available and then figure everything else after
2: fantastic week ago. I think that the also wide receiver uh, is just no matter. It's getting so deep, like way the depth there you can wait and still get fantastic guys. I literally just did it, you know, in Scott fishbowl, Right now I took Waller and then uh Jonathan Taylor mm-hmm. and then I actually went Matt Stafford, which is a surprising pick for me and made me sick. <laughs> but uh, yeah. you can be a while to to take a wide receiver in some of these these leagues. Evan,
1: mm. Evan D play fantasy I'm,
2: football.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, of course. Okay. I've been I've been in the same same league with like some of my old high school friends for like fifteen years plus yeah. and I do leagues with, you know, every now and then. I'm not one of those people that can do, like, 10 at once or anything crazy like that. Yeah. Um, But I have always, like, unless I, like, get a high enough draft pick to get one of the top running backs, I'm usually the guy that ends up, like, like, talking himself into taking two, like, elite wide receivers Mm. and getting the value there and then, like, you know, trying to get, like lucky at running back or like taking whoever the 49ers running back the last couple of years are just because Kyle Shanahan and that's worked pretty well for me. Not going to lie. Uh, shout out to Jerick McKinnon. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be, I just think it's so interesting because there's so many quarterbacks and players in general that had injuries last year that are coming back this year, like Saquon and Dak and Jimmy
1: and, yes. you know, people forget it. <laughs> is Saquon going early? Are people buying in that he's healthy? People... No,
2: he, he's, he is falling very, very far. <laughs> oh,
1: that's good. Which yeah, is hilarious. I will,
0: I will take – yeah, I will absolutely take Saquon. Yeah, if maybe. I get like the
1: number nine pick in my family it's, friend league and he's sitting there, I'm taking Saquon at nine.
2: It's so funny just now in the Scott Bishbowl, right? I'm thinking – Everyone knows I'm very high on Saquon. Stefania Bell is in my league. She is not high on Saquon. And I was figuring that he would fall to me at 112. And he went like 107. I was like, you bastards. But <laughs> everyone, uh, everyone else said that he's been falling to like 2628. Mm.
0: Wow, that's wild. That's weird. It's
2: crazy, right? I, he fell he felt, to uh, one of my guy friends the other day. In the fourth round. Are you crazy?
0: Hmm. That's insane.
2: Yeah. That's People what I'm are all out of science, Which I, I think is a bad move, but it's
1: okay. I've everyone who always goes quarterback first round. It always blows my mind. It never fails. And they won the league one year and I was just like, This is dumb. Why am I doing this? They went Aaron Rodgers at like number two overall and they won the league and I'm just like fucking it. I it just it drives me nuts. What are we doing
2: it- here? Right? <laughs> what are we doing? Literally, what
1: are we doing? <laughs> um, last thing, we'll wrap up here. Because, Evan, I like to be mad online at 1240 East Coast time. Um, I want to hear your perspective when you saw the Football Outsiders piece that uh, Frank Gore deserves some sort of debate for the Hall of Fame as opposed to a unanimous, he doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame for just being uh, showing up to his job and collecting a paycheck for an extended amount of time.
0: Oh, wow. So first off, <laughs> I will kill you if you ever <laughs> use those words in that sentence ever again. Um, and I told I told Steph I was like, "Yeah, I swear to God, he put this at the end just for just to get a sound clip out of me." Uh, so, <clears throat> give me a second. First off, just for – just to even assume for one second that he just showed up to his job while he was fucking racking out a 1,000-yard seasons. Like, it was fucking the easiest thing in the world. The dude ha- was getting a 1,000-yard seasons before I even put my shoes on in the morning. He's one of the most – just one of the just absolute most surefire running backs of the last 20 years for him to be at to do what he did for as long as he did, while also tearing two ACLs in college, he is an absolute machine. And then let's not even talk about what an unbelievable teammate he is. What how he never got in trouble. He never had any issues. He was always a great teammate, always a great leader. I mean, it just he is so undeniably a first ballot Hall of Famer. And oh it's God! Just easiest, easiest.
2: Oh, I agree. Sorry
0: easiest litmus test. If you don't think that, if not only do you not have any fucking clue what you're talking <laughs> about when it comes to the sport of football, but you but you should be a ash- you should be ashamed of yourself and you should be fucking put in timeout mm. with no access to the internet and not be allowed to talk about the sport for at least a fucking year. It's pathetic. I have a fucking
1: podcast. I have to talk about
0: it. Not if you think that dumb shit. Are you kidding me? He's not a first ballot Hall of Famer? No. You think fucking- You telling me that fucking Devin Hester can get into the fucking Hall of Fame? He's the best special
1: teamer of all time. I don't fucking care. Devin Hester was the best special teams threat of all time. Great
0: for him. Not even close. That dude was insane. Frank Gore has been one of the best running backs in the NFL for the last 20 years. You know what? If we're going to
1: put Frank Gore in, put Cordero Patterson in there. We got to get Cordero in there.
2: Okay. Can we? All right. I will finish the debate. Uh oh. This I will handle this. Well, if you're gonna finish
1: this, can I throw one last thing in before you finish? First off, it's not a debate. But no,
0: no, no. no. Let her let her go.
1: I have one last thing before she closes it. One last thing before she closes this. Like closes the chapter on this. He literally was never top five in rushing in any season ever, and he is now ahead of Adrian Peterson, uh, Adrian Peterson, Barry Sanders, fucking Eric Dickerson, LT. It's ridiculous. 16,000 yards, he's number three all time and was literally never elite. N- literally never first elite. Off, first,
0: first off, first off, first off, stop talking about elite as if they need to have some, there's like a, a set number of yards. He, he doesn't have to run, first. And he ran 1,700 y- yards in his fucking second season. Okay, so watch your mouth. But he doesn't have to. He is elite in a sense of he Broke fucking tackles. He got first downs. He was clutch. He literally got yards when he needed them. He was one of the most solid running backs for a decade. And he was a surefire 1,000-yard running back. We're putting solid of, in? We're putting on, solid no, no, in the Hall of Fame? No, no, no. On, it, on some of the worst teams that we have seen in the last two decades, with some of the worst offensive lines, he is – just undeniable greatness. Oh, and, God. And for you to – you're, you're talking about him like he's fucking mm-hmm. – like, He's like, I'm done.
2: I, I, Let like me like do.
0: Devontae Freeman. Go, Steph. I'll, I'll shut the fuck up.
2: I will handle this. Everyone <laughs> just comment. Okay, here's the thing with the Hall of Fame. Uh, we need to stop comparing certain people's, uh, you know, football careers to each other's and look at what they did. You know, five-time Pro Bowl – he also did lead the NFC. He was a rushing leader in 2006. He didn't completely do nothing. Uh, he played 241 games, most games ever played by a running back. He's the first player ever in history to have 12 consecutive, consecutive 1,200 yard seasons. He deserves to go. Let the man go. He's old as shit. And it's not he-
0: let. It's not let and it's not a debate. The man is going to go because he earned it.
2: First ballot. So you need to get over that because I already got over it with Eli Manning, right? Like, you need to get over that. It's not going to happen, but he will go to the Hall of Fame.
1: Wait, do you not think Eli should be in?
2: Oh, I I definitely do. I just don't think he's going to get on first ballot because everyone's
1: in. Oh, interesting. I think Eli a much better shot than Frank. The one thing I will say is in in
0: shout out to friend of the friend of the pod um friend of the
2: pod.
0: Obviously Roger Craig should be in the Hall of Fame and he is not in the Hall of Fame as well. Um so, you know, I, 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 I can see how I might have to go all John Wick on these motherfuckers when mm. they've no- announced that he doesn't go first ballot. Um, but he will be in the Hall of Fame. And he should be first ballot. He's
2: not, I don't know that he should be first ballot, to be honest. I think now we're stretching it. But he but definitely will be in the
0: Hall of Fame. But that's the thing. Like, Patrick Willis is literally the opposite side of the coin. He was Pure greatness for a short period of time, and you put him in because he was so great in that small period before he retired. And Frank Gore is the opposite. Frank Gore was dedicated greatness in a sense of he was always, always one of the best running backs in the NFL
2: okay. for a so decade. So did he like he to be in that?
0: Yeah, yeah Eli, Man- Eli Manning, what he did alone just in the Super Bowls is more than enough to put him in. And, you know, okay. when you look at Tom Brady and all the Super Bowls he's won, and Eli Manning went in and won two times, yeah, you got to put him
1: in. I just think, like, when you think about the last 20 years in football, like, Eli is just at the top of the list. Like, you just think of improbable runs. And, like, well, it would just means, be like you be also- weird.
2: Yeah, you, you can't write his like NFL history without Eli Manning. Yeah. So, like for me, that alone, like you can, we can talk about records and everything that he did aside, but like you can't write history without 2007
1: and 2011. Yeah, 100. <laughs> um. Well, that's all I've got, guys. So, Stephanie, what uh, what can we check out from you across the internet this week?
2: Sure. Uh, my Twitter is cool. Smalls three Ls. If it's too obnoxious for you, all my stuff is on. FTN, my injury tracker, which will be everyone's best friend once, you know, fantasy season truly kicks off. My show, Small Talk. I just recorded my first episode of Off Topic. Uh, just all the works, but everything's always on my Twitter. This was a blast, guys.
1: Well, thank you so much for making the time. This was fun. Uh, outside of the insanity of the Frank Gore yeah. conversation from Evan, just. Uh, <laughs>
0: I, uh, I will. Mm. I will fucking. I will end you. Uh, no, I will say though, Steph. Steph, it's an absolute pleasure. I, I. I. obviously, you know, we joke a lot, but I. I do think it is hilarious to find, uh, you know, another White Claw aficionado, and mm. you know, a seemingly an enti- a very kindred soul, uh, all the way on the other side of the country, locking down, you know, both sides of the country for this White Claw gang that we have. Um. So mm-hmm. I. I. I appreciate you repping it out there.
2: Yes. Thanks for having one, even though you're hungover. I appreciate you. We all
1: Surge. So those <laughs> <laughs> Go team. Go team. All right. Stephen Smalls, <laughs> Evan Swords. Thank you so much. Talk to you guys soon.
0: Nicely done, nephew.